the Facebook thing. Hi, this is Sherry O'Terry. I'm hanging. <laughs> so keep talking. Do you want me to keep talking? Vicky? I can't hear you. I can read your lips. I did that on purpose because the Facebook thing was was screaming. Oh. And so I purposely, I'm sorry, I left you hanging, but it, believe me, it was better than hearing Facebook screaming at us. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> Sherry, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so excited. Oh, and I had too. no idea about this whole life of yours before Saturday Night Live. I had no idea that you were in rock and roll. So you have to tell me why. All right. You're a little kid. You don't want to be a comedian. You don't want to be an actress, although you're doing stuff. You're doing shtick. But how did you get to rock and roll? What what, what was that? I, I OK, here's the thing. It's not that I didn't want to. I would have never dreamt that big, to be honest. OK. Um, you have to tell me about your mother because I've heard I've heard bits and pieces. Was your mother encouraging, not encouraging? Yeah, tell me. She was like, you know, pretty much. You still here? <laughs> I have that mother. Hence the comedy. Um, but um, yeah, I uh, I wanted to sing. I wanted to be in a band. And I, wow. I didn't think I was good enough. Did and you do it? I wouldn't, you know, like I rehearsed, I was constantly in a rehearsal with this band, but we never kind of went out. But I, I, I wanted to sing so bad, but I just wasn't good enough. And I, and I kind of, and I knew it. And um, so I decided I'm going to get in the business. So um, my brother lived in LA. And my father had lived in L.A. for a short time. So I moved to L.A. and um, um, worked as a waitress uh, at Carlos and Charlie's on Sunset. Oh, my gosh. Right. Did you sing? Uh, no. Was Carlos and Charlie's. Wasn't that the place where you could sing? Is that not the place? Uh, if you were a good singer, I was a waitress. <laughs> and I was not even great at that. Um, but uh uh, then I got, um, I finally got into A&M Records um, at their publishing company, Rondor Music, Alma Irving. And to me, I either wanted to work at A&M or Warner Brothers because to me they were like, they were just, I loved the artists that they had. You well, know, what were your qualifications though? What did you do? No, I started answering phones and publishing at the uh... at Alma Irving. And then I moved, I moved up um, over to um, promotion. And worked um, with J.B. Brenner and uh, Steve Bartles. And um, I actually worked a year with the legendary Charlie Miner. And, and how did you know how to do, because I was a promoter too, and I had no idea what I was no, doing. How I, did you know what you were doing? Listen, I was like, I was more of like a, a glorified assistant. You know what I mean? Like in promotion, um, you know, you're, you're just trying to get all of your artists um, uh, on, you know, in every, in every city, you're trying to get your artists played on the top uh, radio stations. So like, so what was your trick? I, what uh, was your spiel? Like, what, how did you phone? pick up the phone and do? <laughs> My boss did the spiel. Okay. Um, but it was one of the funnest things I've ever done. Um, I love that's it. so crazy. So, I so what were some of the artists that that ding? 
Gin <gasps> Blossoms, Blues Traveler, Extreme, Cheryl Crow. I remember hearing Cheryl Crow's Triple Loop. Remember Triple Loops? Oh my gosh. Oh and my. Um, uh, let me see. Um, so now wait a minute. Sting. Gin Blossoms. Um, st sting. Okay. You Do you get to... Deal yeah, with I would. Um, I would see. I saw him um, at a couple of events, and um, but what was funny was when I was on SNL, I had done. Um, they asked me to do Ellie McBeal, right? Yeah. And Sting was, and my whole thing was my husband was Paul Rubens, and he was suing Sting for wooing me at a concert, <laughs> and it was just so fun because we had we had a kiss. And I'm like, oh man, this is so cool. But you know, all wow. the that I um that I promoted on my first year on SNL, all the artists I promoted were on that first year. Gin um Blues Traveler, Gin Blossom, Soundgarden. I remember Jim Carrey was like, I want Soundgarden when he hosted, and um Sting, and uh, and Cheryl Crow, and they were all like, you're the girl from the office. Get here. <laughs> And but the whole time I was working at AM, I was taking classes at the Groundlings. And I just, I remember seeing a show, a Groundling show, and I didn't know that this existed. I saw all the pictures on the walls. And I'm like, because I always associated stand up comedy with stand up. Right. And so, how, wait, so, how did this heard. happen? Because I know as a little kid, you embodied. P you, you you created character. You're not an you weren't an impressionist, right? You no, but did you I would imitate everyone I saw on TV. I would imitate like like who? Like when you were a kid, who were you imitating? Okay, I remember coming home after school and a Dinah Shore show was on. Yeah. And I remember when she would come out and she would sing a song and she would just butcher every pop and rock <laughs> song with her vibrato. Looked a good job in the city. <laughs> <laughs> so I would go up the street and I would whatever, you know, to, uh, and I would imitate soap opera characters. Um, I did that a lot. Um, and, and so were, were you like the funny kid in school? Were you yeah. getting in trouble because you were always like. You get in trouble. Um, I was funny, but. You know, also very insecure, too. So. Um, I get you know, that when when I was a kid. And if I would make a guy laugh, a kid, like a guy I had a crush on or something, they I noticed that they didn't look at you kind of as a girlfriend possibility. You know, mm. um, it was like, oh, she's funny. Like, check her out. And it almost kind of, you know, like defeminized you or something. You know, it felt like- I totally get know, that. I'm just like, uh, and then I used to think to myself, the girls that were funny, like in high school, mm -hmm. we I went to an all girls Catholic high school. We would, these girls and I, we would laugh so hard and they were completely different around guys. And not that I'm going to be as crazy as we were right? guys, but I was just like, wow. I mean, there was no humor. Well, and, and also less intelligence, don't you think? I mean, a lot of women hide their intelligence in front of men. Yeah, I, I think 
This is this is what what I think. I remember I was on Conan O'Brien. He goes, "Oh, you must get asked out a lot." And I go, "No, I don't." Why would you say that? And he goes, "Well, you're cute and you're funny." And I go, "Oh no." When a guy says, "What I learned over the years was when a guy says he's looking for a girl with a sense of humor," that usually means a girl that laughs at everything he says. <laughs> and if her boobs shake when she laughs, she's a riot. <laughs> you know. Yes. There, you got to be really secure, I think, to guy to appreciate. Like, and you know what? I'm not a crack up. Like, if I'm with with my boyfriend or anything like that, I'm not cracking jokes. I'm not right I'm on. You know, uh, you know. So, all right. Wait, I have a question for you. So, I had Italian boyfriend. I know you're Italian. I had Italian boyfriends when I, I was have trying Italian, half Irish. Okay, half Irish. Oh, okay, so my boyfriend, when I was trying to do stand-up, was half Italian, half Irish, and he always told me, you are not funny. He didn't want me to be funny. He didn't like the funny thing. But he didn't like the rock and roll thing either, because that was threatening, too, because there were cute guys. And so was rock and roll for you, part? was wanting to be a singer part of that? Um, because then... No, it was a completely different thing. I mean... Okay, what I, was that? I just... I, you know, like so many young people, I, I, I escaped the chaos in music. So what, what, who were your musical, who were your female musical heroes back then? Oh my gosh. Pat Benatar, mm. Chrissy Hines, yeah. you know, um, uh, um, I love Donna Summer. I loved her voice. Um, Bette Midler, The Rose. Yeah. I'll never forget that album. I played mm -hmm. it over and over and over again. Um, that was when I was little, you know, but, um, did you take, did you study in school? Did you take acting? Did you take singing? Did yeah. you? Oh, I did in high school. I was in, you know, um, I took a singing, you know, singing class and, but, um, were you in all the plays? Did you do all of no, that? Never. No. Honey, I gotta tell you something. It's so, it's so, so embarrassed, but I had no extracurricular activities. I hung on a corner. <laughs> did you smoke cigarettes yeah yeah but but you're a normie you you never had a drug or alcohol problem did you no no I mean you know like when I was in Philly going on Philly you know um we play you know you play yeah. everything but uh when I moved to LA like I kind of left that behind mm -hmm. you know so okay so so you're a kid and you does your mother appreciate your sense of humor does she think you're funny um yeah mm -hmm. and are they asking you to perform like in the living room for the family you're doing that well, kind I'm of thing if, you know i'm trying to get stage time <laughs> when i was a kid i would be like mommy can i um imitate joe Cock sing joe cocker <laughs> imitate joe cocker and then she would be like five minutes sherry that's it. So I would put Joe Cocker uh, five on the stereo, and I would be like, "She came in through the bathroom." And my nan, I remember her saying, and she would take it off. She goes, "That's not funny. He's retarded." And I went, "I was, I was horrified," and I was like, "Mommy's Joe Cocker retarded." Oh my god! Stop retarded. And it was just, I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I would kill for stage time. 
But you know what I did? I just acted. No one really knew what I was doing. No one really cared, but I entertained myself. But it sounds like even though you were insecure, and I just know this from your work, you're absolutely fearless. I mean, what you are will you are committed a thousand percent to every character you do. You, you. I get the insecurity. I, I get it, but you're fearless. Where did you where do you think you get that? How do you get that? I think the groundlings. Mm. But you had, it sounds like you had it as a kid though, because you want stage time, right? Yeah, but who was I committing to? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it was a teary party of one. Were you doing it for your friends? Yeah, 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 yeah I did. Um, but you know, there's a thing too where if I wasn't making people laugh, I felt like I was invisible. Mm. you know um and then there's a thing where you feel sometimes like a clown if you're not you know and so I didn't I wasn't on all the time or anything like that I was going to ask were you that that person there were parts of me that were really um that were shy and and very like um in the background Mm -hmm. you know and I think it's from not getting attention as a kid or mm. not getting, you know, fed that kind of uh, nurturing or, or attention at all, you know, so you just, I think as a kid, you just think there's something wrong with you, you know, and you do whatever you need to do to get through. And, you know, I said, as a kid, I watched everybody be. And then as an adult, I got to be everyone I ever watched in a way. You know what I mean? So the characters that you did in The Groundlings and then took on to Saturday Night Live with you, I'm assuming some of these characters are people that you grew up with from your childhood. Yeah, like the Italian lady on the porch with the takeover <laughs> of, yeah. of, my, of my grandma. My grandma was, you know, always policing, you know, but she had the biggest part at, and she was just um i loved her so much she was such a character you know she had the biggest heart mm. and you know uh was she, she alive to see you have success yeah and did and she I know that got... character that character was her did she know that no no one thinks that it's them right. <laughs> and to me it was like a takeoff of her mm. you know what i mean um i had fun with it like all I'll be imitating somebody and then I take it somewhere else, you know? So then it's you make not, it your own. Yeah. It's not an impression. Right. It's kind of like, it just, um, it, it's, it's inspired by. Right. Okay? Right. Yeah. And, uh, I got to take my grandma to see Pavarotti sing on her Christmas show. That to me was the beast. She was like inches away. Oh, Pavarotti singing. And then afterwards I went nice into my dressing room and I go, grandma, what did you think? What did you like? You know, he goes, I'm still pissed he left his wife. <laughs> and I'm like, grandma, you just saw Pavarotti. Uh, you know, um, like she's not used to being given to. She's a mm. giver. Mm. She takes care of, you know, 
and she's very uncomfortable being given to. So like, even when I would send her stuff, like she had this couch that was so old for so many years and her ass was indented in, in her favorite spot every night. <laughs> so I sent her a brand new couch and she goes, I go, Graham, did you get the couch? She goes, uh, yeah, don't worry. I sent it back. And I go, what it? it was the color of piss. I knew there must've been some mistake. And I go, Grandma, it's called sage. It's not piss, it's sage. I never heard that. Um, she would never accept money, but you could send rolls of quarters so she could go to the Atlantic City casinos, right? So I would get her easy spirit shoes, like for wide. Yeah, yeah. And then just filled them with quarters, with rolls of quarters. <laughs> And uh, she's like, oh, babe, I can't wear those shoes are too heavy. And I go, Grandma, look inside them. And then she would walk off. And then I'd hear from far away, gypsy bitch. <laughs> oh, that's so fantastic. Did you did your did your mother come to appreciate and celebrate your success? You know, she was kind of like, I think probably very surprised by it, you know, because, she, you know, I moved to LA and um, and I'm working at A&M Records and then, you know, doing the what, Was she happy about that? Did she think that was a good thing? I'm sure she did. Mm -hmm. You know, we weren't like very um, close. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah. But, um. Uh, but anyway, the, um, and then the prescription drug lady was kind of a little bit based on my nana, my mother's mother, because like when I was a kid, you know, back then when you took prescription pills, yeah. oh, you put it in a bejeweled, beautiful case. <laughs> and it was like, you got to say what doctor prescribed what, and you're like showing off. <laughs> but there was no cross-referencing back then you know at the writing like should you be taking that with that and drinking beer <laughs> and my mom was like walk nana to the car and i go are you sure nana should be driving don't be fresh don't be fresh like back then when we were kids it was kind of like when someone was high or whatever, or they were drinking, but your only responsibility was to walk them to the car, walk them safely to the car. <laughs> what did they do after that? That's just after that it was like, what do you mean she wrapped it around a tree? That's impossible. My seven-year-old walked her. I mean, but even as a kid, I would just always was like, this doesn't seem that's hysterical. I'm just being fresh. So, so when you were a kid and you grew up in Philly, you, you did you play on the street? Was there this whole what? Oh, okay, yeah. so, so we you were did on the street riding our bikes, and it was. Um, did you put on shows with your friends? Did you do that kind of thing? No, you didn't do that kind of thing. But you were, but you were entertaining. You did you do your friends? Could you? Um. No. I, I would uh, no, I would do put people on TV. I saw on TV. Mm. Like I would do, you know, like whenever I was a kid, I, if I was watching Little House on the Prairie, I'd go up and put my hair in plaits, braids, <laughs> and I put on my prairie pajamas, and then come down and say, "Ma, when's Pa coming home?" She's like, 
I don't know, but you better have my fucking money. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but, you know, because it's like, we are not in the prairie. We are not in the little house. <laughs> She was so did, did you try to, so you didn't even try to do that. You were like, you were straight up going to go into rock and roll. You didn't, um, to music. You didn't even, you didn't try to have a career right off the, out of the get-go. Did you go to college? No, I would have never dreamt that big. Vicky, I'm telling you that, that I got to work at A&M Records and I had a business card. So and how I did that happen? How'd you, bowl, you know, uh, how'd you get the job at A&M? Because that's a pretty great thing. Well, actually, my father, a friend of my dad's, Tom Zotos, got me an interview at Human Resources at A&M. And truly, I don't think I would have gotten that job if it wasn't for Tom. Uh, because it's like, really, you, you have to know somebody. Everybody wants to right. work at a record company, right? And so um, I started answering phones at uh, Alma Irving and uh, learned a little bit about publishing. And then after a year and a half of that, I moved over to um, the record company across the street and just had a blast for four years. I, it was amazing. And then when I got SNL, people were like, so no more free CDs? <laughs> so were you going to concerts all the time and doing all of that no, stuff that's a and r you mm. know but that was okay yeah. i didn't like i didn't like going to clubs i think it's because like i'm just short <laughs> i'm just short <laughs> and i could never see everybody standing <laughs> I could never see anything. I would get claustrophobic. I would get scared. You know, like I'd feel so claustrophobic. I'd get lost in the crowd, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, to this day, if I go, you know, to see a, a, sh a show or anything like that, I get so mad when people stand up in front, you know? Oh my God. So do I. I know. I'm it's like, horrible. I might as well be at home. <laughs> uh, you know, and what the horrible thing is now they have the big jumbo screen. So I end up watching the screen and it's Me like, too. so why am I? I'm Oh, so why? I'm not going to look at the stage in the for an hour. That's why I'm there. <laughs> Ladies, let me sit in the parking lot for an hour. <laughs> okay, so how did you? Uh, what made um, you? What was me on SNL watching? Oh God, you're frozen, Sherry. Come back. There you are. You're frozen. Okay. Okay, we're back. Uh, so, so what made you audition for yeah. the Groundlings? How what? did you go? How did you audition for the Groundlings? What got you to go from? You're loving your job. You're so happy. Why are you auditioning for the Groundlings? Because, because when I was um, working at Alma Irving, a woman in our legal department said, "You're so funny. You should do the Groundlings." And I just perked up because. People always said, oh, you should just stand up. You should just stand up. And for the did you ever try stand up, Sherry? Oh. You never, never? Um, I did it at Gotham. Mm -hmm. I hosted a stand up. So I got a little stand up together. And I've done Uncabaret uh, a few times. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very, very scary it really is a completely kind of different animal um mm -hmm. 
Oh no, you're freezing. Ah. All right, I'm waiting. Like Sherry, you're there. Yeah. Okay, here you are. You're back. Uh, we should have done this other room. All right, here we are. Okay, so so this woman said you should do it. So I know you have to audition for the Groundlings. Do you remember what you did for your audition for the Groundlings? Yes. They everybody had to write, describe a character in you know just a few words, and mine was you're pregnant with your ninth child. <laughs> and we had one minute to think about it. And luckily, I remember it was like, I was bloated from my period. <laughs> and I had a big dress on and I, my stomach, I felt like I was pregnant. My sister and I both, and my mom, when we got a period, we were so pregnant. I mean, we were so bloated. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that was it. Um, and so, uh, so you audition, you got accepted immediately. So did you start at the, at it the beginning really hard to get in? Listen, they want your money. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Just make sure you're not crazy. Um, but it was, uh, I was, I was hooked. I was just like, this is the scariest thing in the world. And I, and I can't believe it. I, I love it. And I was just, I liken it to falling in love. It's like, mm. you, you, I couldn't sleep when I didn't do well in class. And I couldn't sleep when I did do well in class. Mm. It was like the clouds parted and it was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't know if I'm good at this, but I found something I love. You know, when I say as a kid, I didn't, wasn't, you know, I played baseball. Mm -hmm. um, I played, I was on track. I was a cheerleader, you know, but that was it for, you know, extracurricular activities. And then this was something that was very foreign to me. So um, I just was a sponge every class and uh, I just loved it so much. Were there you, were, were you special? Could, did you know you were special when you were in class? No, no, no. Did you come from a class of stellar? I'm sorry. When you, um, no, that's my interruption. When you started, were there other, are there alumni from that first class that went on no, to? No, because that was basic and you're in basic for like a certain amount of time. Right. And then there's intermediate, lab, and advanced, then the Sunday company and the main company. So it's a long, long. So how long was that process for you? About two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about two years. The whole thing, all those levels? Yeah. Wow, you did it fast. Really? Two years and then you got Saturday Night Live? No, two years then I did the Sunday Company. Okay. Performed and wrote. And the greatest thing is, because I did have a day job at AM Records, I, you know, a lot of people wrote during the day, they were actors, and then, or were auditioning during the day. And they mm -hmm. worked as waiters, whatever, bad night. And so I would write sketches at work. And my boss would like hear, see me laughing. And he would say, if that's a sketch, I swear to God. And <laughs> it's not a sketch. I just thought of something funny. <laughs> and then um, my friend, Bill Brown, would read the sketches. 
he was in dance promotion. <laughs> yeah. He used to come to all my groundling shows. <laughs> and if he wasn't laughing at, after like five, 10 minutes, I would go and I go, you, you, you don't like it? And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I was doing my work. <laughs> and I go, well, you better get your priorities straight. <laughs> and so here's the greatest thing though, Vicky. <laughs> he then used to come to my groundling shows mm-hmm. and he then got his big break working at ASCAP doing A&R in New York. Wow. Then a year later after, you know, like a year and a half later, I get SNL. He's come to all my SNL shows. Oh, oh. And he's still my buddy to this day. And Oh, I love well, it. Yeah. And so now when these, when you get SNL, we're going to go back, but when you get SNL and these musical acts and they're, they're like, you're the girl from the office. Were they nice to you when you were the girl in the office? Okay. So, so Sting and the Blues Travels and all that, they were nice to you. Sting didn't say you're from the office. I think, I said, um, you know, I've been in your company (laughs) from, you know, listen, he he didn't register me, you know, he didn't clock me from the office. (laughs) Uh, Now, John Popper might have, but, uh, yeah, um, and Jim Blossoms, like uh, Robin, and um, Robin was actually uh, married to Jenna Rosatano, who was um, who's the stage manager there. Um, uh, but it, yeah, it was like a full circle, you know. So, so at what point? Okay, so you're doing how long so are you able to work together? And how long are you able to do that? How long are you able to do? the record label and do the groundlings at what point do you quit oh when i became a groundling uh my i had a commercial agent he said you need to take this seriously you need to wait a minute how are you doing commercial auditions while you're a company two years in a sunday company oh i would go at my lunchtime okay there weren't that many but i would go at my lunchtime Mm -hmm. and so and it kind of worked out, but he said, you need to quit your job. And I was like, it was- had you scored? Had you, had you gotten a commercial? I got one. A national? Regional Circle K Burger. Okay. Maybe you're familiar with my work. <laughs> my Circle K Burger work. <laughs> I remember I flew out to Arizona and I knew nothing. And what like the crew guy goes to me, um, are you talent? And I go, (laughs) (laughs) like, I didn't know that they called you talent. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) he's like, um, I need to know where to send you. Are you talent? You know? And I'm like, my name is Sherry. Oh my God. So, so now you quit your job without having, you you, you don't make money as a ground. When you're in the, when you're in the company, you're not making money, are you? No, no. So how are you making money? How are you supporting yourself? Temping. And I temped mostly at Disney legal. At Disney legal. That's very funny. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So how long are you temping? How long are you doing that? About a year and a half. Oh wow! And then um, uh, the producer at SNL 
finally came, no one was coming to the groundlings shopping. For really? Them. Yeah. We well, my good friend Lorraine got days. found at the groundlings. Yeah, but then they stopped for a long really? time. Really? Mm-hmm. And uh, no one could get anybody from SNL out. And then Chris Catan's manager uh, got them there. And so Chris had a showcase. And okay, I now wait, now who else in your class? Because I, I I know it the was answer. Will and Jennifer Coolidge, um, some great people, Mike McDonald. Um, uh, and who is who? Who was who were your teachers? I'm wondering. Did Mindy you? Mindy Sterling was my favorite. Yay! Like Mindy Sterling, you know, the Groundlings was such great training, both creatively and politically for SNL because yeah. it's rough, you know? And especially for someone like myself, um, I, didn't, I don't think I had a lot of tools to deal with some certain situations, you know, I guess. And um, so- I'm Maggie Baird. Oh, do you know Maggie? You must know Maggie. Yeah. Oh, so talented. She was in my group. Was she? Oh my God. She could sing. She could dance. Yeah. Um, I was just like, she could have done anything. Yeah. You yeah. know? Well, and uh, so she ended up passing it on. <laughs> and yeah. then she gave it to her children who do or like the like yeah, it's ridiculous. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And then yes. there were like people like kind of before me, like. Tim Bagley and Mike Hitchcock and I. Yeah, did you know Tracy Newman and Lynn oh. Stewart? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, good friends. Yeah, um, uh, they're awesome. Yeah, because they are. I'm so proud to be part of the Groundlings. I'm like, even the people that came after me that were on SNL and doing things, I'm like, oh my God, you can just see they're Groundlings. They commit, you know, they do with their characters and um, they're fearless. Um, I mean, like Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, my oh god, I'm the list away. is crazy. They're just like absolutely amazing, and and I did a couple of um, improv shows with like Heidi Gardner, and she's on there right now. Um, yeah, so I was with I was in very good company. Okay, so what what on during the Groundlings? What did you what, what characters did you create during the Groundlings that you took with you? Oh, just just Rita. Just Rita. And was there anything that you tried to take with you that didn't yeah. translate? Yeah. Um, there's a character I did, Joy Lipton, who was is. I've seen funny. Joy Lipton. <laughs> I know who Joy is. on was the um was on update. <laughs> Okay, I, I yeah, because I know Joy. I know the little hair with the little beret. I know Joy. <laughs> yeah, I try. I kept trying to write a sketch for her, but you know, I I couldn't. But it was it was fun because I never even thought to do something on update, you know. Um, but so I did her on update. But uh, no, wait, I, I have to ask you this. So where did the writing? Did you like when I was a publicist and a promoter? I had to do a lot of writing. Where did the writing start for you? And how did you? because you do so much writing and we're going to talk about some new things you have going on with that. Did you, did you write really? in school? Did, no. did you No. No, that's, you know, when you get to lab, that's when you start learning about writing. And the great thing is nobody in your, no one's a writer. 
You become. You become. You start. You know, I mean, I'm sure there's some people that are just born wonderful writers and other people that, you know, um, depending on what you're writing, um, can learn how to. How much of the Groundling sketches were written and how much were born out of improv? I think mostly they were written. Wow. Okay. I was a great improviser. I was really not the best improviser. You know, um, I've been around great improvisers and I'm like, that's a good improviser, you know, like the groundlings. There's some people just blow me away. And um, Mm. that wasn't my strong suit. So now. I like to prepare. Good. I'm not going to trust myself. (laughs) That's crazy, Vicky. So now I assume because of all the women I know from the Groundlings that the Groundlings was not a boys club, that women were given full. Okay, so what was that? How, we're going to talk about how you got Saturday Night Live, but what, how did that translate? Because I, from what I've heard from many people that I know, Saturday Night Live was the complete antithesis of that. That was a boys club. Was it still a boys club when you got there? I can't say that it was because- oh. When, when my timing, I was very fortunate for the timing because uh, NBC had pretty much fired everybody. Everybody, yeah. yeah they, there was a few people left, um, but- Who was so, left in your cast? I don't even remember who was left. Uh, David Spade. Oh, hello. Um, Molly Shannon had been in there, but just like, I think a half a season before, Norm mm-hmm. MacDonald. Right. And a couple of writers. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we all came in, we were, it was like starting first grade, mm. you know, at the same time, we were all excited, scared, um, and bonded. And so you and Will came in together from the groundlings. And, yeah. And, uh, um, Chris Kattan and, and, and Jennifer Coolidge was also auditioned, you know, she was flown out too, but, um, uh, I love it. Now she's going to be hosting. She, now she's hosting. So it's like, you know what? You'd rather host. Did you? you uh, the decision where you're hosting. You know. I assume you've seen White Lotus. Of course you have. Yeah. Oh Amazing. my god! Oh my god! I love it. Okay, so it's great. And Chris got in. I thought you and Will got in before Chris did, even though they came out to see Chris. Right. Uh, Chris got hired like maybe six months later. Okay, so let's talk about that. So you're in the Groundlings. You're in the company. You don't have a day job anymore. Well, oh, you're temping. Are you temping still? You're temping still. Okay, you're temping still. You're auditioning for commercials. Um, you find out that SNL is coming. What, okay, what? what is, and they're not coming to see you or Will. They're coming to see Chris. So how does it translate to an opportunity for you? What do they tell you? How does it happen? You know, it's a showcase for him. So he needs to change. You know, so he needs to change. (laughs) So, you know, like I had one sketch in and it was a down left. It was a me by myself, you know. What did you do? Julie Lipton. There you go. There she was. (laughs) And Marcy Klein was in the audience. And then, um, yeah, and then I was temping at Disney and my manager called me who just called me right now. Like he's not my manager anymore, but he's like one of my closest friends. Aww. Just was calling me. Um, 
he said, uh, what are you doing next Monday? And I'm like, very funny. I'll be here at Disney League. And he goes, no, you'll be at auditioning for Saturday Night Live. And I'm like, I screamed. I was just like, yeah. Okay, wait, take us through this for a minute. Now, I have to imagine that when you're a groundling, even though they hadn't been coming a lot, that that's sort of the, the dream. I mean, is that the dream? That's the dream, right? Yeah, but I don't think, we knew that they weren't coming, you know? When, who was the like last person they took? I mean, like I know the first person they took. I know the first person they took was Lorraine, but who was the last person they took before I, uh, you? Julia Sweeney, I would say. Oh, okay. And did you so know Julia? Been, yeah, I was really good friends with her brother, Mike Sweeney. And Mike worked in the box office while I was there. And he and I were wonderful friends. And he's like, hey, do you want to come meet my sister? And I'm like... <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um it was really sweet because when I was auditioning for SNL she said Sherry I'll, I'll, I'll watch your audition if you want did she help you mm -hmm. nice. You know, nice she watched my audition and I had practiced so much rehearsed oh, so I much bet. you know that but the great thing was I was auditioning for two other sketch shows at the time what one was stephanie miller she had a show on tv i don't remember her yeah. show on tv it, okay. it didn't stay on long mm -hmm. and then mad tv wow wow how did but, that go well um and beats I was in the room. Mm -hmm. and she was like I don't even that or Stephanie Miller, but at SNL, she said to me, I voted for you. Aww. And I said, thank you. Um, but, uh, but it was great because I got me, you know, I remember crying. Were they one right after the, were they right about the same time? Around the same time. Around the same time. Yeah. But and I wasn't expecting at all to audition for SNL, but because of those two auditions, because um, I was getting callbacks. Uh, and then, it, you know, you have to do even something more, you know, different. Okay, so what did you have to do for your SNL audition? We do like three to four characters. And who'd you do? I did a prom girl, like a, a girl uh, from the prom. And I had written it and did it with Will. Um, uh, so I was doing it without him. So, but they, you, you know, um, I was acting like I was talking to him. Mm -hmm. And then um, Rita Delvecchio and uh, Joy Lipton. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you have to come back. And I didn't do any uh, impressions, but they encouraged you to do somebody and I remember Lisa Marie Presley and Michael Jackson had that big interview together when they got married mm -hmm. so I did her in the interview oh stop how do you can you Honey, do it don't can even you? ask me it wasn't oh. good <laughs> trust me I'm like oh gosh what am I gonna do oh my god all right so all right but then you ended up doing 
so many impressions. And all right, so wait, so you so you do this Saturday Night Live audition. What is the audition process itself like for you? Is this exciting? Is it terrifying? Is it both it's of those? Terrifying. Um, Will and Chris and I went to this restaurant the night before. I Did you all audition on the same day? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got food poisoning. What? I was throwing up all night long till I had the dry heaves. I broke all blood vessels in my face. Oh my God. My eyes. You know when you break a blood vessel yeah. in your eye? Oh. Well, um, I went into the makeup people They and she goes, oh my God, what happened to you? And I go, I, I had not slept. I had oh just my. been throwing up all night and just broke all these blood vessels in my face. And um, oh my so God, she, she covered it up as much as she could. But luckily it was very dark. And there's only like four people and it's very dark. And you're yeah. on each stage. Um, and a guy was coming out right before I went in and he comes out and he goes, get ready. They don't laugh. And oh. I was like, and I was grateful that he told me that. And I went in and I wasn't worried about, you know, I'm sure they're just studying, you know? And so uh, I went in and I did my thing. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw Lauren Michaels go. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me feel so good. But uh -oh. did you freeze? Did I freeze? No, you were good. You froze for a second. And did you did you feel like I nailed it? I got that. Did you feel that way afterwards? No, I just no. did the best I could. Okay. Well, that's a good thing to, to walk yeah. out with. And how, so when you walked out and Chris walked out and Will walked out and you all compared notes. No, we didn't. It, there was 36 people that. The oh, first wow. audition was 36 people. The second audition was 12. Okay, that so the first that, that was, was like we got flown out again. Like we okay, so that first what? time that you all that the three of you get flown out, are are any of the three of you more confident than the others that it went Chris well? Was pretty confident. Chris was pretty confident. Okay, and Will not so much. He wasn't confident, not confident. He was just steady. Okay, yeah. okay. So now they fly eleven of you out again. Is Chris part of that eleven? He is. It's the three of you again. Okay. And so do you do the same audition or do you do a different audition? A little different. Yeah, different. You're doing different characters or the same characters? Different. You're doing different. And who'd you do the second time? You don't remember. Okay. So you do the second audition. Do you walk out with the same I don't know feeling? Mm -hmm. You walk out with the same I don't know feeling. But do you know how many people out of those 11 are going to get cast or do you not know that? No. Don't know that. You were cast. Yeah, you and Will. Yeah. Okay. And does the cheerleader exist at this point? No. We wrote that at um um at SNL. Uh, we were improvising when the whole when everybody was cast. Mm -hmm. We were got, we were on the eight H days and we were improvising. We were all improvising with each other. So I was off to the side and so was Will and. Going like a Catholic school and cheerleading, uh, whenever there was a wooden floor, I would go boom, 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 because it would reverberate, right? And uh, I did that all the time. And uh, so I was waiting for my turn and I just started going. 
<laughs> and then Will started doing it. <laughs> and we both started going like this. <laughs> like really serious. <laughs> and then we just laughed and forgot about it. It's like, well, we should write a cheerleading sketch. So like maybe a week later, two weeks later, it's like, okay, what do you want to run more at? Write that baby sketch or cheerleading sketch? So that's what wow. we do the and how, what a life changer that is. Um, okay, so. We could have written a harder thing. I was like, <laughs> what were we thinking? I mean, we have to write three cheers, the story, you know, for the host, choreograph it, and then choreograph the dance at the end. Could we, that's why my favorite, people say, what's your favorite sketch? And I go, um, morning latte, because I was just sitting down. <laughs> So morning latte is another favorite of, so how, how did that come to be? Well, over the summer, I was watching every morning show and that forced chemistry, camaraderie, laughing, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I was like, oh my God. And I knew I wanted to call it morning latte, but I didn't know what the hook was, you know, I didn't, you know, and then I was just thought, you know, they're just ill-informed, you know, but it doesn't <laughs> just, they're very ill-informed and it doesn't throw them off one bit, you know, um, just this stupid, they're on the lowest rated show. It's just, it was just fun, you know, I, because we could talk, you know, how they talk about on morning shows, their weekend or you right. know, their lives. So we would do that. And um, I love doing that sketch so much because we laughed writing it. We really laughed our asses off writing it. And so how how much, so you're saying it wasn't a boys club anymore when you got there, which is fantastic to hear because um, that's not the story I've heard till from earlier years. So yeah, I think Vicky, time goes by mm -hmm. and because of the way it's run, I think people feel insecure mm -hmm. and they kind of get together. They form mm -hmm. their groups. And, and, you know, yeah, and, and sometimes, I don't know. I how challenging was it, how challenging was it for you to get sketches on? Was it, because everybody says how competitive it is and how difficult that is. Was, was that the case or not for you? Uh, yeah, it was hard for, you know, it was hard for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, I, um, you know, I credit the groundlings for the training mm -hmm. and not being able to, and writing at A&M Records all, all that time and learning how to write on my own. And, um, and uh, but, you know, you, you want to partner with somebody. So uh, I wrote a lot with Will and then, um, and I wrote a lot with uh, Matt Piedmont. He's, uh, and like we wrote the prescription drug lady together. We wrote um, mm, Simber Down Now. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, we collaborated a lot. And then uh, once the, once like, like the cheerleaders became a, a hit, um, Paula Pell came in and, uh, and what else? Um, so long ago, I'm forgetting who my sketches were, but um, yeah, it, you're lucky if you have someone that will write with you. Because here's the funny thing. 
none of the writers there have to write for anybody, which I think they should change that. I would say you should alternate. Uh-huh. Writers should have to write. And, you know, not every week, but, it, you know, with the actors. Because for me, I didn't feel like I was competing with my castmates. I felt like I was competing with the writers, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and some can get a little maybe, you know, resentful that, that they're competing with you as well. Like I remember one guy saying one time, Sherry, you gonna do one of your little characters? Like, oh, um, did you I, always write your own sketches? Mm-hmm. Wow. But sometimes you're given gifts, like the view. Mm. That was awesome. I did not. Okay, so it. how did Barbara Walters come? How, how did that evolve for it you? It was written by Tina Fey and Lorraine Nasso. Um, uh, I think I have that right. Um, and, and maybe Paula, I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, Barbara, they, they were making me do Barbara Walters. And I said, at first, I remember Tim Hurley, he's saying, hey, uh, Lauren, why don't you do Barbara Walters? I go, I don't do impressions. Hmm. And he's like, okay. So he comes back to me again. He goes, hey, Lauren really wants you to do Barbara Walters. And I go, you know what, honey? I go, I'm not the girl. Uh, uh, you know, you should see if, if, you know, the other girls have a take on it. And so then he comes back and he goes, Sherry, I don't think you understand. <laughs> doing Barbara Walters and I go oh oh like I truly I thought I was being asked and so I got really nervous and I started watching her like I watched her because I didn't want to do anything you know like I didn't want to elicit oh she's no Gilbert Radner you know right I knew I had to have a, a take on it so I think truly my ear just heard first, cursed, worst, curse. So I would actually try and say a lot of words with I R and U R. Wow. Really. Uh, and then I just, her cadence, and she was very fluid. And it was really fun to do her because I am more energetic and she's very fluid. She doesn't need to move quickly at all. Um, so the more I did that, the more liberty I took because once I knew the audience was accepting it, then I started having fun with it. You know, as soon as you started talking about her, you started to look like her. It's so funny. I just watched that happen. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Your face just kind of altered. Hmm. It was the greatest gift. Like really then making me do that Lauren I was just like wow you know I had more fun doing her and then here it's like on CNN doing it and she was a great sport with you about it wasn't she she was she Mm -hmm. really was um did she think you did her well did she ever correct you about anything no no she's got bigger fish to fry <laughs> she said to me she said to me on air one when i was on the view one time she said um i think she tried to catch me really off guard and she did 
She goes, Sherry, how do you do me? <laughs> and I was like, well, your interview style is, you kind of give whoever you're interviewing, like celebrity, three compliments, and then you go in for the kill. Like, you're a, uh, you're a celebrated concert pianist, you're a hip hop mogul, and a uh, Golden Globe nominee for the movie White Girl, Black Boy. <laughs> Why the porn? <laughs> And then she just looked at me like, like. She did she say, did she did she get it? That's very funny. <laughs> I I don't. She really was transfixed. I think in that moment, like, oh, because I don't think anybody ever described her style. Right. And, you know, and it's not like she does it all the time, but I always notice in interviews, she would get specific compliments. She was wonderful because she was such a studied journalist. So she did her homework. Mm-hmm. And when you give somebody a specific compliment, mm-hmm. um, they feel seen. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of, oh, you're the hottest thing right now. Right. You know, she'll take you back like you do. <laughs> and she'll do her homework and and uh and you and the people would feel seen and I think <clears throat> they would open up a little open up a little more open up because they know that she's <clears throat> she's respect she's respectful um and so, she's seeing them she's seeing them yeah and you know and I'm but it's like psychology 101 it's kind of like when someone feels seen really seen, you'll get more from them. Mm-hmm. They'll feel safe, they'll mm-hmm. feel safer. safer. But that was the thing about Barbara Walters that used to unnerve me a little bit. It was, it was very flattering. because really It was flattering funny. until she went in for the kill. And there were a lot of people that she took down. <laughs> she took down some people. Um, she took down some people. But you know what you're gonna get? Like, in other words, if you say yes to the interview. Yeah, then you, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. She's so, um, so Judge Judy, yeah. um, was she Love fun her. for you? That had to be fun for you. Oh my gosh. I can't believe we're talking about this so, so long ago, but, um, oh, you know, I saw her at a party and she said, um, uh, my son has a crush on you. Can I give him your phone number? <laughs> and I was like, Listen, uh, here, I don't want any trouble. Like, I was like, a little intimidated by scared. And I'm thinking, oh, shoot. Um, and she goes, and I said, well, I don't know, gee, what if it doesn't work out? You know, and she's like, don't worry. I'll be, uh, you know, it'll be fine. So I went out with them a couple of times, but then I, uh, and really cute. And, um, but then I went to LA for the summer and, you know, but uh, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. She was awesome. I'll never forget seeing her. And at, uh, at uh, I think it was Bergdorf Goodman. It was, a, it was an expensive high-end store. Right. And uh, she's like, Sherry, what are you doing? <laughs> I go, or maybe Neiman's, uh, Neiman Marcus, uh, Beverly Hills. Like I didn't shop at high, high-end stores, but I was like, hmm, maybe. 
And she's, I said, I'm looking for a purse. She goes, I'll shop with you. And I was like, so I said, oh, that's pretty. She goes, that's it. She takes it. And it was in a locked case. It was in a case. (laughs) Um, And brings it to the, I don't think she's going to buy it. Right. And I was like, oh, no. And the next thing I want the cash register. And it was like over a thousand dollars. And like, uh, I said, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I guess I, I have my first but take it, Benetta. <laughs> but you know, a few years ago, she had a star in the Walk of Fame and she called me and asked me to be there. Oh, oh. And I was, oh. I love her. Like, I love watching her show just she's cool she's i love watching her show because she put you know no bullshit she puts everybody in their place and it's kind of like when there's no justice here and there in your life you're like you know everybody's you know just kind of like no one's brought to task or you know you feel like injustices you got your little fill of justice Hmm. you know uh with her i just love her so was there like a special bond with you. Obviously there was with you and Will. And was there with Chris as well? Because you guys were all groundlings together. Yeah, we were like brothers and sisters. You know, mm-hmm. we were, we would do the most immature things. <laughs> like I remember being on the, um, we were blocking one day mm-hmm. and we were doing this stupid thing where we would pat somebody on the back. Hey, that was a great job. I saw, you know, the sketch. And then we still our hands again. And I remember Jeff Goldblum was like, what are you guys doing? We're like, uh, nothing, nothing. We don't want a serious actor to know how stupid we are. Um, because we were in the groundlings. So we really were, it's like a, a brother and sister kind of, you are adults, but you're not afraid to act ridiculous around each other, like <laughs> immature, ridiculous. You know, you're just laughing at farting and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was a really special time. It was a really, really special time. Were there any, I, and I know not were there any, what hosts were the most mind-blowing for you to to work with? Because not only are you on the show together, but you're doing sketches with them. Like, they were, so many were amazing. Like, <clears throat> you know, uh, I would say Jim Carrey had, mm-hmm the best show I'd ever seen. And I remember him saying to me, Sherry, I auditioned for SNL years ago. I didn't get it. He's like, I was depressed for years. Wow. Like he goes, it's not something I truly got over. So this is a huge dragon for me to slay. Wow. And I was so happy for him because Mm -hmm. he was stellar. He killed Mm -hmm. it every single sketch. And I was really happy for him. You know, like, I know people that got cut from the groundlings and kind of never got over it. It's hard mm-hmm. when you put so much time and effort into something that you love. And like, you know, there's that rejection. And then, but a lot of people go, go took a, take a different path and go on to have success, you know. Right, in another. Yeah. So likewise, was there anybody that, 
I mean, a lot of time has passed, so I'm assuming it's okay to talk about this. Was there anybody that was really challenging and difficult and that you did not enjoy? Hmm. Chevy Chase was challenging. Hmm. I can see that. God, I remember the Caddyshack. I didn't know who I had a crush on more, him and Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray probably was the funniest person to me that I had watched before me. Right. He was so funny. Oh, of course. I don't want to like say all the because there's so many. Right, of course. Gilda Radner, mm-hmm. you know, and um like Chris Farley, Eddie Murphy, just, you know, Dana Carvey, uh, like there's so many. Um, I hate to even mention, I should never mention who I thought was the best because then you're, you're feeling- Well, no, no, no. I was asking if anybody was challenging no, and I know. difficult. I was saying it. I, I know. I'm not, I wasn't going to do that to you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I think it's great though. So why did you leave? Five years. I mean, you get you gave it a good long run. Well, um, it's a five-year contract. Okay. I, you know, I just don't think I had a thick enough skin at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was hard. When people say it's hard, they're not kidding, you know, and it's not the work. You know, I love the work. Um, it's a rough place. It can be a rough place. How so? And, hmm? How so? Oh. Just politically, what? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Competition aspect of it, you know, who's in favor, who's not in favor, you know. Um, you know, I heard someone recently, I, I read, was reading an article that's on SNL and said, I learned not to take anything personal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was very smart. Even if it is personal, don't take it personal. <laughs> like, you know, that's a re- that's really good in life in, in all over the place. That's mm-hmm. really good too. Uh, right. Like if you're looking for that validation, you're not going to get it there because everybody's trying to get their shot, mm-hmm. you know, so you're, you're, you know, you're all a little self-involved and sometimes it doesn't bring out the best in people. Mm-hmm. Um, and any of us you know it it, it's challenging um wonderful things so you know uh it's no secret that it's that it's a rough the best dream come true you know and i made my time and met some I, I have peace with it, you know, but, you know, it was a lot younger then. And I, and I, I don't fault myself for thinking, oh, I don't think mentally I can, I can do another, I can do with this, you know, again, but, um, uh, so I, yeah, but, you know, it's no secret. A lot of people, you know, it's hard for a lot of people. A lot of people don't last five years. Five years is a pretty good long run there. I would have stayed longer, mm. you know, I mean, I, yeah, I loved it. 
I mm. loved it. It's almost like I was getting ready for it all my life and didn't know it. <laughs> so was it a hard transition out of, well, first of all, your life had to change incredibly being on that show. All of a sudden you're famous, you're a star. How, how did your life change? You know, my, you know, I didn't suffer from fame like in a bad way. You know what I, th I always say is like, I don't get really uh, um, recognized very much, I think because I'm really short <laughs> and I'm below people's eye line. <laughs> and it's kind of like, uh, I, I've never, you know, some people, but I go to the dog park, I go to Ralph's, I go, I shop. It, it hasn't, um, I can go anywhere. Um, yeah, but back then, when you were when you were on every Saturday night, come on, no, life had- I did not, know. Really? No. Hmm. Mm -mm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I never felt, I loved, and to this day, getting into a restaurant. <laughs> you know um that i'll never get over like when it comes to food uh yeah uh no i live very kind of i go wherever i want and no one's once in a while like somebody will say something you know cool nice but it was never anything that uh you know I don't think I'm that famous. It, but was it fun for you? But it's some of that, the, what you did have of it must have been fun. Was it fun for you to get that attention? Yeah. 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 It was, because I knew it was based off of my work, mm -hmm. you know? And it's not, you're not just like a celebrity. Like there's nothing right. worse than someone saying, uh, can you take a picture? Um, uh, I don't know who you are, but my friend said you're famous. And that's like, <laughs> you know, I don't know who you are. <laughs> okay. So, so, so then the work that happened after, um, was, well, well, you got an Emmy nomination for just shoot me, just shoot me. So much fun. And and how was that getting an Emmy nomination? Was that like a I thrilling like, thing? Wait, wait, wait <laughs> what? Because this was, here's the funny thing. On SNL, you've got to write, okay? Um, you're competing with writers, essentially. Right, right. Um, and you're auditioning every week to get a show you already got. Mm. You don't know if you're going to get it, you're going to be in that show. So- that was the hardest thing I, you could ever imagine. So when I did Just Shoot Me, that was my first like sitcom. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is heaven. Are you? <laughs> it was such a like, the hours, you know, 10 in the morning till three in the afternoon. I'm like, what? What is this heaven on earth? <laughs> and so Terry, what would you like uh, in your, what kind of, what would you like in your omelet? I'm like, what's your angle? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, knowing that you're going to be written for and you're not going to get cut at the last minute and it's just 
you know wow. things are already funny you're being written for to wow. me it was like this is heaven and since then i have tried i can't believe how hard it is to get something picked up or on air or you know uh because you know when you're hot you know coming off you 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 get a lot of opportunities and then you know your uh ah we're frozen come back um Was on. It's almost like a Martian. Oh God, our connection is really bad right now. I'm waiting for you to to sink back in, Sherry. 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 Okay, there you are. Oh my God, honey, how long is this anyway? Where where we're gonna go? I I have I I have two more I have two more questions. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap. First of all, my friend Mark got in touch with me last night and told me that he's working on a project with you. I know we can't talk much about it, but this is something that you've written, and um, this is something that's based on my childhood, and. Um uh my writing partner on it um was working with mark and mark said they had just done two projects back to back together and and he said to her do you have anything that you know and so he read the script and he's like i love this i want to meet her and uh he was awesome he flew he was he was flying into la you know and we met a couple times and he was just you know, he loved it and he got it and it made me feel so good. So, yeah, I mean, we're supposed to shoot in September, but, um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the actors strike, you know, if, with the writers and, and um, oh, I hope that comes to, they come to an agreement where everybody is happy. And I just hope the actors don't strike, but if they do, you know, solidarity. Absolutely. And his name is Mark Maxey, by the way, I have to give him I have to give him a proper shout out or it just wouldn't be Hi, fair. Mark. Because Mark did uh, Snuffy's Up to Snuff. That was his first film. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so before we go, so COVID, so have you had it? Twice. Okay. And have you, are you, were you COVID careful? Were you? Yeah. You know, my boyfriend and at the time were, were um, he was living with me and um, we just cooked every night and we ate like we were at a five-star restaurant. That's amazing. And then there were people that always would come over that were the same people that were very careful and we, right. would, cook and we would cook. It was, um, I pretty much breezed, not breezed through it. And then I actually shot two different things. One was um, in Chicago for uh uh to pitch as a tv show mm -hmm. and the other one was 
in my kitchen to pitch as a TV show. So, um, and I actually shot things to pitch as TV shows. Um, so, and then I fostered five dogs and found homes for them. Oh. So that was my pandemic time. And uh, um, it wasn't awful for me, you know, really. Um, how was how was COVID for you? Did you not have it bad? I hope I did the first time. I really mm -hmm. bad. The second time, uh, not as bad. But All yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I'm very excited for this project with Mark. I cannot wait uh, to hear more about it and look forward to seeing it and everything that you do. And Sherry, Aww. thank you so so much. It's been thank you. Such a treat to get to know you, and I hope I get to meet you in real life. And just to, like I have we're close. Lunch. You know, over for a nice uh, wine and charcuterie. How's that? I I well, no wine. I'm sober, but the other part. All right, the charcuterie. Charcuterie. All right, all right, All right sweetheart. Mwah. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay.